Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, December 18th, and Week 15 is upon us. Three games to go in the 2020 season starting this Sunday when the Jaguars head to the Inner Harbor to face the Baltimore Ravens. We've got plenty to review from a busy week, including a final recap of the loss to the Titans in Week 14. The return of Gardner Minshew II to the starting lineup and the difficult task ahead for the Jaguars defense and containing the dynamic Ravens quarterback and defending NFL MVP Lamar Jackson. Let's start with a wrap of last week's loss to the Titans. 31-10 the final score, and the league's leading rusher, Titans running back Derrick Henry, ran for 215 yards and two touchdowns. And it could have been worse. We recapped the game Monday night on Jaguars Happy Hour with Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and yours truly. And after going the first hour without Baselli, he jumped in to start hour number two. And guess what, Pete? You owe me a drink. Tony Baselli's on time. I do you a drink. You know what? I think, Baselli, I think Baselli was listening, and he raced to get to his office so he would make me a loser. What, what was the bet, Pete? <laughs> that you wouldn't make it by 5 o'clock. What do you mean? Come here, break. Well, where were you? What what, what hole did you finish up on before I you got out not, of there? I was not playing golf. I gave you my word. I had four games, <laughs> and I couldn't get out of the plan for months. <laughs> you, were, you, you played well, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> was it the old sawgrass or was it the stadium? Was it the valley? Where were you? We already we had to yank it a couple into the woods, by the way. <laughs> People called in and sent me a couple direct messages. They said that it was the best hour of this show they've Huge. had in like really? a couple of years. Oh, I was yeah. getting messages as I was in this other event saying, where are you? It's a train wreck. They can't even carry the show. You were getting messages. Don't you know you're not supposed to have your your phone on on the golf course? Yeah, I'm surprised. That's allowed at Sawgrass, sir. It's not, it shouldn't be. No phones allowed. <laughs> I love it. We've been uh, we've been evaluating the mess that is. Oh boy. I was thinking about I was thinking about the uh, you know kind of the, the show today and what what are you talking about? Because isn't it, doesn't it feel like it's a little bit of the same story over and over again? Rinse and repeat. I mean, you go in. And the only difference this week is instead of it being close and like, okay, they had a chance, they never had it. I mean, from the middle of the second quarter on, it was over. And as soon as you could feel it on that drive where Derrick Henry got the ball five times for 75 yards right there, it was like, uh-oh, this could get ugly. And you almost get the feeling it didn't get more ugly because Pete, they didn't want it to because they when it was 31-3, they're like, hey, let's just get out of here, run the clock so we can go home without any injuries. That's and they took him out of the game, but then put him back in to get the two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and here's the other crazy thing: I bet you had fifty yards of runs called back because of penalties. That's what we were saying earlier. And but you know what? He'd get one call back, and then he just give it back to him, and he'd go rip off another fifty. <laughs> Another loss for the Jags, and now 12 in a row. And of course, there is a large portion of the fan base that is only worried now with the draft order next year. As it sits currently, the Jaguars hold the number two overall pick behind only the winless New York Jets. Linebacker Miles Jack met the media this week and said even without social media, he can still hear the noise. You know, you hear it like you can't run from it, even like when you go out to the gas station and you know, you run into somebody, they're talking about Trevor Lawrence or uh, Justin Fields or the, the tight end from Florida, like all them, all, all those guys. So, I mean, you can't run from it. Like, it is what it is. And if you turn on ESPN, you're going to see it too. So, 
obviously, like for me, like I'm like, nah, heck no. I want to win these next three, four games and, you know what I mean, blow all that. But um, I get it from a fan perspective, you know what I mean? But we're still out there fighting for our jobs, fighting for our livelihoods. And at the end of the day, the NFL doesn't pay losers. Like, they, they pay winners. So you win, you get rewarded. You lose, you know, it, it gets kind of ugly. So from our perspective, we're like, nah, we're not we're not going out there tanking. Like, if, if anybody's thinking that, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, I promise. <laughs> More from Jack coming up shortly. Now to the change at quarterback for the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew II relieved Mike Glennon in the third quarter last week, and Minshew will start this week's game against Baltimore. It's his first outing since week seven against the Chargers, and as you would expect, he's fired up to be back. I was, like, excited and, you know, ready to go. I mean, I was already, you know, going to the week, I was kind of expecting it, ready to roll, and just glad to be back in the saddle. Uh, I wouldn't say there's a ton of pressure right now. You know, I don't think anybody really expects much of a 1-12 and team, but we expect a lot of ourselves. You know, we're going to go out there, um, try not to let, you know, what's going on this season determine what happens these next three games. I'm going to go try to have a lot of fun, make the most of them, um, and put some good stuff on tape. Head coach Doug Marone was asked Wednesday about his confidence level in putting the second-year quarterback in the lineup again. When you're a coach and you name someone that's going to play and go in there and you, you put whoever on the field, I, th- I think you're always going to have full confidence. I don't think you're ever going to get someone that's going to say, well, we'll put him out there and I, I got my fingers crossed. Or, oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So I think that you know anyone that you're putting out there to do a certain uh, assignment, whatever it may be, special teams, defense, offense, you know, you have to have that type of confidence in them. For offensive coordinator Jay Gruden, so many quarterback changes is not best for business. You know, you sit in meetings and people understand what we're talking about on a chalkboard and and with the film projector, but when they get out there live, how much is too much and what can they handle, what can't they handle? So that's been the biggest challenge for me. You want to simplify some things, but you also want to try to have some creativity, some different formations and different concepts, but probably put too much on their plate, all of them. Uh, Trying to make sure these guys are comfortable, that's the number one thing with Gardner this week, but it has been uh, quite the challenge to, to know what these guys are comfortable with and what they can execute. The full media availabilities are always available on the official team website, jaguars.com. So now with all three quarterbacks playing this year and six place kickers, to go on top of all the other position groups that are banged up, the player count this year of players who have touched the field is an all-time franchise high. 79 players have played going into Week 15, and I asked head coach Doug Marone about it to start off the Doug Marone Show Thursday night. All the changes on the roster, so many guys coming and going either off IR or moving or getting moved off or cut or whatever the deal is with these guys. And I'm, I'm thinking the other day, well, that seems like a lot of players. Well, 79 different players have touched the field for you this year. It's the most in the league this year. It's a franchise record. And not only that, it's the second most players to play for a team in the NFL since at least 1993. Miami had 84 guys last year. How do you handle all of that change all the time on the roster. It has to be difficult with guys coming and going. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for us as coaches individually, I, I think, you know, it's um, not as big of an issue. I, I haven't really even thought about it. And it didn't even really, um, JP, hit me till, um yesterday I was talking to uh, Keelan Cole. And, and he's like, we were in a conversation and, and something came up and, and Keelan said to me, he said, uh, Coach, every time I come in here, there's a different guy in the, next to me in the locker room. This is crazy, you know. And I was just like, 
hey, listen, you know, when you have injuries and you have things and you need to bring people in and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to win football games and you're trying to better the roster, these are the things that go on. And, um, you know, it's different. You know, he's been here with us, you know, earlier where, you know, when you're winning football games and everyone's playing at a high level, you know, I think the roster remains, you know, pretty much intact. I, th- I think you're always looking to build build the roster and, you know, at any point during the season. But it, it's been interesting, to, to say the least, of, of, of all the changes and everything like that. But, you know, between COVID, between injuries, between, um, you know, not being able to perform well, not being able to win. I mean, you know, these are the things that happen um, in the league. I remember when um, – when Jimmy Johnson first took over the Dallas Cowboys, you know, every week, and I had friends on that team, and they would say every week, you know, they were working guys out every Monday. They were changing the roster constantly. You know, I think those are the things that you do. I think if you're not doing that, I think it gives a, a poor impression that you're not trying to get better. In fact, the Dolphins with 84 last year and the Jaguars with 79 this year, their player totals are the two highest in a normal NFL regular season in league history. The 1987 replacement player season is the only other with skewed data that's a bit higher. The Doug Marone Show airs Thursdays at 5 on the Jaguars radio network. When we return, Jags right guard A.J. Can provides the latest up front with Ashlyn Sullivan. Plus, the challenge ahead of the Jags defense against Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and the potent Ravens offense in Week 15. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Check out Jags at Home, an interactive second screen experience on Jaguars game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Speaking of Ashlyn, she visits weekly with a few Jaguars players, including this week on Jaguars All-Access Television, Jaguars right guard A.J. Can. A.J. Gardner Minshew back at starting quarterback this week, and this is the team's Fourth quarterback switch, three different quarterbacks. So for you as an offensive lineman, when you hear there is a change at quarterback, how does that change your routine, the prep throughout the week? Does it change it at all? You know, I think more so what changes is like how you how you communicate with the quarterback. Because each quarterback communicates different. Everybody sounds different. Uh, the cadence may be a little different. So that's, you know, probably the biggest thing to adjust to, just making sure you're uh, in tune with how they call their cadences and how they communicate. That's the biggest, that's the biggest, you know, change when you got different quarterbacks rolling it out. You have been here from the start training camp. I remember we had just started talking about James Robinson and now you saw last week his 1000 yard milestone and he stayed pretty consistent since training camp. And it is the typical, you know, put your head down, grind, and get success. But for you, you're closer than most on the offensive line. What has it been like seeing him through this entire journey of this season? You know, it's funny because, you know, I get, you know, time every now and then to sit and chat with him. And uh, that's a cool kid, man. Like you just said, he just keep his head down, go to work. Even when you're talking to him, you know, you just got to 
you know, I be I got I try to break him a little bit because you know he's quiet. You know he don't say much, but you know that's in the in the league. You know that's a that's the kind of team a lot of guys like. Man, you know just quiet, head down, go to work, and you know do what's asked of him. Man, he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. And everyone's been mentioning that even his teammates can't get much out of him, and he's pretty quiet with us as well with the media. Have you been able to shake him even a little bit? Oh yeah, I man. I get I get him laughing, get him going a little bit. You know, I try to make him laugh. He does though. Once once he opened up, he he's a cool cool cat. He he can laugh and you know enjoy like like most of us. But that's just his personality. You know, he's quiet. But at the end of the day, you know, if you break him, he he'll have a little fun. <laughs> Love it. All right, so we are getting ready for the holiday season, AJ. And I know that you can relate to a lot of dads out there. You have two little ones at home and a newborn. And a little girl. So, how many dollhouses have we been building? What's been the vibe at home getting ready for the holidays? Well, like you know, we in we in the good phase now. She really can't ask for anything yet. So it's just like <laughs> she she enjoys just opening things up and playing with boxes more than toys and stuff now. So I'm just trying to enjoy that a little more before she gets to the point where she sees something on TV and she's like, oh, but I want that. I'm just trying, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy the family time right now with her until until we get to that point. So just a simple cardboard box, no Barbie dream house or anything like that? Not, not, not yet. Not not yet. You know, she 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 plays with them from time to time, but she she's not as interested as in it as she would be when she gets older. So I'm just trying to enjoy this process right now. <laughs> Love it. A cheap version of Christmas. A cardboard box. <laughs> all right, AJ Can, thanks so much for joining Jaguars that's, all, that's all That's all she needs, man, to entertain a two-year-old. <laughs> Let's get to this week's matchup. The Jaguars are 1-12, and and they'll try to snap a 12-game losing skid against the Baltimore Ravens. They're 8-5. and The Ravens must win out to keep playoff hopes alive, and they got a huge win Monday night against the Browns, led by quarterback Lamar Jackson. He's as dynamic a playmaker as you'll find in the NFL. There are a lot of mobile quarterbacks these days, of course, but nobody has the home run ability with his legs like Jackson. And it's a challenge for this Jaguars defense. Coordinator Todd Wash said they've tried in practice this week to simulate it. We got a wide out playing quarterback uh this week in practice but at the same time you know we were joking i said we should go and walk through uh mode and let the quarterback just play normal speed and then that's what it's going to be like on sunday because he is extremely fast you know he can hurt you you know it's supposed to be a drop back pass and he's going to run for 40 or 50 so but we we got a a wide receiver playing quarterback for us you know giving us a real good look the first series it's going to be different because he plays at a totally different level than anybody else in this league wide receiver terry godwin was the guy until he was at to the reserve COVID-19 list. And then running back Nathan Cottrell and wide receiver Keelan Cole jumped in at the end of the week, according to Doug Marone, for some kind of look for the Jags' defense. For veteran linebacker Miles Jack, he's never played Lamar Jackson in the regular season, and he said he's actually looking forward to seeing him in person. Just watching the games that he plays, you really just kind of got to just just deal with them and, and hope he decides to throw instead of run, you know what I mean? And even when he throws, he can still make really good passes. So, I mean, he's a tough guy. He's he's very talented, MVP. Every time you turn on Madden, you see him. So, I mean, he's he's the real deal, you know, and – um. He's definitely going to be a challenge for us this week. I'm excited to finally play against him in real life and just watching him do his thing in college. And we went up to the preseason and played him when he was young, but I'm definitely excited to see, you know, see it in person and play against him. Be careful what you wish for. On Jaguars Happy Hour, Wednesday afternoon, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks, senior writer John Osher, and I took a closer look at what the Ravens offense is all about. Plus, more changes in the Jaguars secondary. 
I think here's the thing that you have to understand when you're dealing with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is at his best. We can talk about him being a dynamic runner. They basically are running the single wing. They want to put it in his hands as a runner 10 to 12 times and allow him to impact and influence the defense. Because when they begin to chase him, that's when they hand it off to Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and have a lot of success. In the passing game, it is really important for the Jaguars to jam the middle of the field. Lamar Jackson is at his best throwing inside the numbers. If you can force him to throw the ball to the boundary, outside, and down the field, he struggles in that area. Going all the way back to Louisville, that has been his Achilles uh, tendon. And so that's been his Achilles heel. So you have to play them in a specific way. Because the Jaguars play a single high defense, that could work in their favor. But now it's about can you execute the game plan? Because they don't know what to do, but can they get it done? That is what Todd Walsh has to figure out. So the uh, Jaguars defense is, well, walking wounded to begin with. We've talked about this over the last few weeks. John, it is a challenge every week, but against a group like this, it just becomes more and more challenging as the weeks go on, especially when you're losing players. Yeah, I'm not sure how much more there is to analyze. When you think about it in this way, losing Trey Herndon, the good news is it sounds like you're getting Claybrooks back. So you're not down ridiculously at the cornerback position. They're already down so far. I don't know that there's a huge talent drop-off anymore when they lose guys because they're plugging guys in. Not in the case of Trey Herndon, but a lot of times you're plugging rookie free agent in for rookie free agent now. So unless you lose Miles Jack, unless you lose, you know, Schobert, I don't know that you're losing anything you can't replace because it's such a struggle. They're working so hard. They're playing so hard that you got to give them credit. The key is... Can try hard beat the Ravens, and you know, you know, try hard has faded in the fourth quarter and earlier the last two or three weeks. I, I, I'm not sure if X's and O's breakdown can say much more than what I just said. They're depleted, and you wonder how long they can hold up against an offense as talented as the Ravens. The Jags have had 10 different starting lineup combinations in the secondary alone this year, and it could be 11 this week. And Jaguars Happy Hour airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday afternoon at 4 on Jags' social channels. The Monday and Thursday shows also on 1010 AM radio in Jacksonville. Now to Jags Drive Time Thursday morning. Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton caught up with Ravens digital reporter Garrett Downing for a closer look at Lamar Jackson and what to expect with the Jags facing a couple familiar players on the Ravens' defense. Garrett, there was obviously a huge spotlight on uh, Lamar Jackson, and, and he obviously handles that well. But I'm wondering, through a difficult season, with the COVID stuff, with everything going on, it seems like Lamar's getting back to being Lamar. Is that the way you read it? And, you know, what's his mindset right now going into this final push? I think that's a good observation. Uh, Lamar talked about how when he went on the COVID list, uh, missed the game against Pittsburgh and then returned, how that whole experience for him basically served as a bit of a reset, uh, that he felt like when he returned, he realized how much he missed the game, how much he missed being around his teammates, and just how eager he was to come back and just play. Uh, I think that it rejuvenated him to a certain extent. I know it sounds strange to say that, that going on the COVID list could could be a way to, to rejuvenate you. Uh, but I think that this is a guy who's been in the spotlight so much uh, since the end of last season that to, to kind of get a break, reset, and then come back and uh, kind of be in a back-against-the-wall mentality where the Ravens have to likely win out to make the playoffs, I think that serves him well. Um, and, and he has said that he does feel a little bit rejuvenated, um, refocused, and uh, he's played 
he played probably his best game of the season overall uh, on Monday night, and, and he looks really good since returning. Yes, we've talked about all week. The Jaguars run defense better be on point. And Garrett, it's a it's a storyline down here in Jacksonville, and I'm wondering if it is up there for Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngaku, the return of playing Jacksonville. For those two guys, have you heard anything about it? Are you guys talking about it? Or is that just us kind of overhyping it like reporters sometimes do? No, I mean, I think that there's certainly excitement for those two guys. Haven't had a chance to talk with Yannick, but did talk with uh, Calais yesterday. Uh, he downplayed it a little bit. You guys know Calais. You know, I, it, I'm no surprise that not, he, he didn't make too big of a deal of it. But I think that whenever a player goes up against a former team, there's motivation there. Um, there's, there's, you want to prove something. We've seen that time and time again uh, with players going up against former teams. I mean, one that stands out to me of all time was when Steve Smith came to Baltimore and played uh, Carolina, and he had a stellar game and delivered some uh, Steve Smith-esque quotes uh, after that game in the way only he could. You know, Calais basically said yesterday he's got a lot of friends uh, in Jacksonville, still keeps up with a lot of people there. Um, and so there's going to be, you know, some fun kind of trash talk back and forth over the course of the game. But I'm sure once those two guys get into that environment, they're going to be wanting to prove something. It's only natural. And so I, I think that I don't think that's necessarily the, the main focus by any means for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. But for those two guys, uh, I, I think that this game is no question going to mean a lot. Jags drive time Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings on the Jaguars social media pages and jaguars.com. So we're ready for the Week 15 game. The 1-12 Jacksonville Jaguars visit the Inner Harbor in Baltimore to face the 8-5 Ravens. On Radio Sunday, the Publix Tailgate Show kicks off at 10 a.m. Defensive line coach Jason Rebrovich explains the challenge of facing Lamar Jackson and gives us insight to the development of Caleb Unchason. Plus, CBS Sports play-by-play -play announcer Andrew Catalan breaks down James Robinson's stellar rookie season. At noon, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with Countdown to Kickoff, featuring Pete Briscoe, Fred Taylor, and the final word before kickoff with head coach Doug Marone. It's a 1 o'clock kick time, and of course after the game, it's Jaguars postgame presented by TIAA Bank with Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor, and yours truly. And then we take your calls on the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us then. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.